Hey guys, welcome to Three Strikes You're Out, the Outsports occasional baseball podcast. My name is Ken Schultz, contributing writer to Outsports. This is our Pride Month edition of Three Strikes You're Out. My guest today is going to be Dodgers Senior Vice President Eric Braverman, and he's going to be telling us about all the exciting things the Dodgers have planned for Dodgers Pride on June 3rd. The biggest of which, I believe, and we spend a good deal of time talking about this, is the return of Glenn Burke's family to throw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium. When I talked to Andrew Moranis last year about his book on Glenn Burke, the excellent book, Singled Out, one of the things he mentioned is that he had cooperation from just about everybody he interviewed in the game, except for anybody involved with the Dodgers. Uh, Our guess was this is mostly because they didn't want to do anything that would upset Tommy Lasorda. And now the Dodgers are essentially trying to put right what once went very wrong in their organization, and we delve into that as well. I also want to call your attention to this coming week on Tuesday is going to be the publication of my epic 2022 MLB Pride Preview on Outsports, where I go through each of the 28 teams that have announced Pride festivities coming up in the the month to come. Uh, the two teams who haven't announced, the Rangers, because they're the Rangers, and the Yankees, because they want to be fashionably late and have everybody pay attention to, oh, hey, look, here's our don't call it a Pride Night, Pride Night. The Yankees PR is apparently run by Axl Rose. And a few teams to take note of. The Rockies, I want everybody to know, the Rockies have a t-shirt that you're going to look at and go, that's brilliant. Not going to spoil what it is, but it's the kind of thing that you can almost hear Billy Porter's voice in the background just calling out 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 for a runway whose category is Larry Walker realness. Uh, The Blue Jays have an entire weekend of Pride festivities scheduled, DJs, drag acts, and the coolest part about that weekend to me is that uh, on the Sunday, they're going to have a special Junior Jays program dedicated to inclusion and kindness, which, yeah, the world could use a little bit of that right now, and it's an excuse to play Harry Styles' Treat People with Kindness track, and that's always a good thing. And also, the uh, Tigers and Pirates are doing a thing for their Pride Nights where they're having you choose which charity you want them to contribute a portion of the ticket proceeds to. And I think Choose Your Own Philanthropy is a great new innovation to Pride, and I hope that catches on in baseball as well. But uh, coming up is my interview with Eric Braverman, and we're going to talk about the many cool things the Dodgers and even the Giants have planned. And we are joined today by one of the highest-ranking out gay executives in Major League Baseball, the Senior Vice President for Marketing, Communications, and Broadcasting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's time for Eric Braverman. How's it going, sir? Doing really, I'm doing really well, Ken. I think Vince Scully would be proud of your impression. I, it's All my impressions end up sounding like either Barry White or James Earl Jones is trying to do an impression because <laughs> where my voice is. But well, they're, yeah. they're two good guys to, to, to try to imitate, so not bad. Yeah, I, I see broadcasting in your job title, and I have to at least throw the catchphrase out there. So I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, and uh, we're talking today because we are heading into Pride Month, and right at the start on June 3rd, it's going to be L.A. Dodgers Pride Night. And new this year for Dodgers Pride Night, the second team in MLB to do this, uh, they will be taking the field in Progress Pride Rainbow Caps. And I wanted to ask first and foremost, how did that come about within the Dodgers front office? 
Yeah, it's it, uh, thank you. It's we're really excited to, to share this moment on on June third. Um, first of all, it, it, it's been you know um, several years in the in the in the works, and uh, we were very happy and proud to see the San Francisco Giants uh, take the step last year and uh, and to 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 do it um, you know on a nationally televised game against the Cubs and. Thought it was a, a fantastic moment for baseball and for progress. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, it's something that at the Dodgers we had been working on and and hadn't um, yet uh, hadn't done it. And when we saw the Giants do it, it, it really was a catalyst, and it was something that that motivated us to uh, to really look into it uh, uh, more closely, to talk to the the, the players in the clubhouse. To get the um, the uh, our manager Dave Roberts and everybody else uh, on board, and and our feeling all along was, if we're going to do this, it's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. Um, we don't want everyone to um, to to just wear the caps because it's something that we've ordered. We want everyone to understand how powerful a message it sends and uh, how important that night would be. And and we did that. We we spent time. Um, you know, Lon Rosen, who is our EVP and, and chief marketing officer, has been an incredible ally and supporter uh, for the 10 years of new ownership. Um, it, we went one by one talking to our star players, to our coaching staff and, and to Dave Roberts and, and even Andrew Friedman and, and our executives in the in the front office of, uh, of baseball ops for the Dodgers. And we got complete and total buy-in. And frankly, there were some people along the way that I thought might be apprehensive. I thought they might have um, questions or concerns or, or think that we were uh, forcing something on them that, that they, that they weren't, uh, uh, you know, a either supporter of or, or believer in. And I have to say um, I was pleasantly surprised at just how much support there was for this initiative. That's really wonderful to hear that uh, that's spread throughout the clubhouse. And knowing, as we both know, the way baseball clubhouse dynamics work, you mentioned going to the stars first and foremost. And is it having someone like Clayton Kershaw, who has in previous years uh, spoken openly about his support for pride, is that a benefit that you can go to him first and say, okay, we're thinking about doing this. Is this cool by you? And can you then kind of spread your, use your influence to kind of help it spread throughout the clubhouse? There's no question about it. I think when a, when a Clayton Kershaw or a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman are in your clubhouse who are, you know, perennial all-stars and um, they're leaders, not only in the clubhouse, but um, on the field, on the field and off the field. When you, when you have guys like that, who understand the bigger picture and understand the organization's uh, history of breaking barriers and and in in so many in so many regards. I mean, everyone obviously talks about Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and the Dodgers being the team, but the you know the the Dodgers have a, a history of of uh, player development and creating the first academy in the Dominican Republic and. Uh, having the first Japanese player and so many other um, barriers over the years that have been broken um, that in, in knowing the Dodger history, when you, when you wear that uniform um, part of what goes along with the responsibility of being a Dodger in the front office or on the field is knowing that you're a part of an organization um, that has a long and storied history of doing, of doing things to make a difference 
And, uh, and that's what, you know, the players and, and people in the front office um, uh, have understood and, and frankly are very proud of. Mm-hmm. And on the subject of Dodger barrier breakers, uh, um, I'm doing this from memory. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You are reestablishing connections with the family of Glenn Burke for this year's pride celebration, right? That's correct. So yes. Glenn, Glenn Burke, um, who, you know, for those who don't know, and, and many uh, don't because, uh, you know, it's years have gone on. It's been decades now. Uh, Glenn Burke was uh, a Los Angeles Dodger, was drafted in, in the 70s and was was highly thought of and um, regarded as perhaps uh, the next Willie Mays or someone who was a five tool player uh, who had the ability to. Uh, uh, to do everything on the, on the baseball field. And he had that incredible uh, skill. Uh, Glenn uh, was, was gay and Glenn had to hide his sexual orientation. And, uh, but, but he did not hide it off the field so much as he did on the field. He, he, he was, um, you know, still, he was, he knew he was gay. He was out to himself. He was, uh, he be, it, the story was he he befriended Tommy Lasorda's uh, son, um, uh, Spunky Lasorda, and Spunky and and Glenn uh, became friends for for a long time. Uh, the the controversy at the Dodgers was uh, previous ownership, many ownership groups ago now, um, uh, asked Glenn to uh, to hide his sexual orientation, and it's been well documented that. The organization offered Glenn a, a hefty sum of money uh, to marry, uh, to marry a woman and to keep his identity um, hidden. Um, and, and the way the story was written, uh, the, Glenn uh, uh, refused to do so. And uh, shortly thereafter was traded to the Oakland Athletics. Um, so he was traded to uh, Oakland, where, where he was from, by the way, um, the Bay Area. And uh, the manager of the Oakland A's at the time was a gentleman by the name of Billy Martin, um, who had been a longtime manager for the New York Yankees and, and Oakland A's. And Billy, uh, Billy would later become a manager of the Yankees. But at that time uh, in, in, in his career, uh, Billy was not so open-minded and was not so uh, 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 open and accepting of Glenn and who he was. And, uh, just a, a year or two after being traded, uh, Glenn decided to retire and to leave the game of baseball and all of the, the uh, skills that he had and the potential to, to be a difference maker in Major League Baseball uh, were left behind because he was not accepted in the game. Uh, Glenn would, would, would uh, later die of, of AIDS and, and went through that whole um, uh, ep- epidemic at the time. But he made he made a huge difference in the community and in the LGBTQ community. He participated in the San Francisco Gay Softball League for many, many years. He's a member of the the uh, the Naga, which is the the gay softball uh, league uh, across the nation. He's a member of the Hall of Fame and went on to make a big difference. So all that said, uh there have been decades where Glenn and the Dodgers have not, and, and the Burke family and the Dodgers have not really had any sort of relationship uh, through the outreach of Billy Bean and myself. Billy Bean is uh, the senior vice president of diversity and inclusion for major league baseball. Also a former Dodger and also 
uh, uh, openly gay and came out um, after his Major League Baseball career. There are only two players in the history of this storied sport that have come out after the their playing days. Both happen to be former Dodgers, uh, Billy, Billy Bean and Glenn Burke. We've reached out to the Burke family. They've agreed to come down. There's several that are in Oakland and there are several that are in Los Angeles. They're all coming to Dodger Stadium. They will be throwing out the ceremonial first pitch. And in having several conversations with them, the family says it's about healing. It's about moving forward. They have no ill feelings towards the Dodgers, towards Tommy Lasorda, uh, mm-hmm. towards previous ownership. They, they, they want to put this past them. And they want Glenn and his legacy to be that he was a difference maker. So uh, I know that's a long story, but I wanted to fill people in on, on who Glenn Burke was and why we're doing this. It's a long and absolutely important story. And between uh, the Dodgers inviting Burke's family down to throw out the first pitch for Pride Night and the Oakland A's renaming their Pride Night in honor of Glenn Burke, the both organizations that he played for that both did him wrong during his playing days, it, it feels like... It's, it's a postmortem doing a solid to the family. And it's, it's definitely good to hear from a fan standpoint. A hundred percent. And it would be understandable if the family had any sort of feelings of hostility or anger uh, towards the organizations or towards baseball in general. And I have to tell you, after spending time with the family, it, it, it couldn't be any, any further from, from that. Um, they are not only um, thrilled to see Glenn and, and his memory and legacy uh, being talked about and, and being on display at these uh, uh, stadiums, um, they, are, um, they are emotional and they are um, very, very proud to know that uh, people are still um, talking about Glenn. And, and they're hopeful to, that, that his legacy and the, his memory can make a difference, whether it's today whether it's tomorrow, they want people to know that the closet that that Glenn had to live in, uh, that it, that it served a purpose, and that that people don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, his story is important not just because of the barrier he broke within baseball itself, but also as a way of just showing our community today what it was like to be a professionally closeted person in the 1970s. That uh, his story is harrowing in so many ways, and it's important to know that um, and we were both alive when he was an active player. So this is not that far back in our history. It's absolutely true. And, and, you know, we, we'd be short-sighted if we also didn't mention the fact that he was, uh, he was a black player. Right. So you, you have the combination of him being gay and black. And, um, you know, if for, for those who don't know, um, you know, coming out is, is a difficult thing for anybody. But in the black community and um, for for several members, they, they talk about how difficult it is because of the religious background and um, the 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 feeling of uh, fitting in. And and, uh, and and the family talks about the fact that Glenn struggled with the fact that, you know, Glenn was an amazing athlete, by the way. If you go back to his to his younger days, he, he could play all sports and he excelled at everything he uh, he he did. Um, they talk about the fact that this was a struggle for him with his own family. Um, and, and then when he was able to, to get that acceptance, uh, then to, to try to get it within in the big leagues. I will tell you that, you know, what gets lost in a lot of the story of, of the bad part of Glenn is he had a lot of friends and allies who were players. And Glenn is 
Glenn, along with uh, Dusty Baker, are credited with uh, uh, inventing the high five. Um, so there, there are a lot of great stories along the way and players who became friends with Glenn. Um, and that shouldn't be lost in the story. It was not universal uh, dismissal among players. His, he, he had a lot of, of players that were supporters. Yeah, there's an excellent biography of Glenn Burke that came out last year called Singled Out by Andrew Moranis. And within it, you really get that sense of how popular he was within that clubhouse environment, that they talk about him as essentially the Dodgers Richard Pryor of the late 70s. That's absolutely right. He was considered a clubhouse leader. He was, uh, you know, the class clown, um, but he was the class clown who was also one of the best players. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you when you couple uh, an amazing skill set, an amazing ball player with an amazing personality, um, he was very well liked um, by his uh, by his fellow players and teammates. And, um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate how things uh, played out. But, you know, in the end, here we are four decades later um, or five decades later, actually. Um, and we're, we're talking about him and what impact he has made on baseball. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants and the Dodgers are the two first organizations and the, and the A's uh, with their Pride Night um, in California. And, and I think what we're going to see going forward, and my hope, is that other teams, other players, other young gay athletes or, or any, any members of the LGBTQ plus community um, see this story and see the acceptance um, at the ballparks and realize that there is a safe space and we're seeing it in other sports. I mean, we're seeing it in soccer and hockey and, and other sports around the world. Um, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, people think baseball is this old, uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of prehistoric in terms of the culture. Uh, I think we're starting to see those barriers, uh, uh breaking. Yeah. And one way that barrier is being broken is when, uh, after Dodgers Pride Night, the week after, you're going up to San Francisco on a road trip. And on San Francisco Giants Pride Night, we're going to have the first ever matchup of both teams taking the field in Pride logo caps. And you think about just like this is seen for the first time last year on the field with the Giants and then the Dodgers doing it this year. And now seeing both teams doing it like that is that is an inspiring sight to me. And I, I just wanted to find out from you what is what do you feel your emotional response is going to be when you see that happening? Yeah, I, I think I will. I think there will be emotion for sure. Um, that's on June 11th in, in San Francisco at, at Oracle Park. Um, behind the scenes, the, the Giants and the Dodgers have been working collaboratively on this uh, for quite some time now. And I'm excited to see it actually um, um, come to fruition. Uh you know, it's it's been said, and, and we, everyone who knows the game of baseball knows that these are two of the most uh, arch rival teams on the field, and, and you know, for a century, um, it's been one of the between this and the and the Yankees and the Red Sox. I don't know that there is a more dynamic uh, rivalry in uh, in professional sports or in Major League Baseball. But off the field, uh, we have a great relationship with the Giants and. Uh, we've been working with them on this in order to pull this off. It is not um, it is not a coincidence that we chose a game that's nationally televised on Fox uh, to put this on display. So it will be a nationally televised game. Both teams will uh, will wear the pride um, on field uh, merchandise. 
Afterwards, both teams are going to auction off the sales and donate them to LGBTQ uh, charities. Um, and it's we think it makes a huge statement uh, about uh, equality, about inclusion. Um, and uh, I can tell you that Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi with the Giants, formerly with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are extremely proud of that night and, and hope that, uh, that it sends a message not just to other baseball teams and not just to fans across the country, but to other leagues. We want people who are uh, around in, in, in any sport to look at this and to say, this is something that is okay. And, and by the way, there are a ton of fans, even at our own pride night, I will tell you, Ken, that this year, I'm proud to say that it's we're two weeks out from our pride night right now. We've already surpassed any other year in terms of our ticket pack sales for our pride night. Um, we, we, we may very well have 20,000 or more LGBTQ fans in attendance on that night. And I think the giants are feeling the same type of, of support. So it is not something that you do to try to sell tickets or to pander to the community. It's something you do because you want to send a strong message. And uh, I think June 11th is going to be a powerful day for a lot of us. Billy Bean is, is also going to be joining me uh, in San Francisco and Dale Scott, uh, the former major league umpire who has written a book and is out um, himself will also be in attendance for, for that historic night. Yes. Dale Scott, also a friend of the pod on his uh, first pitch tour throughout pride nights, uh, I noticed uh, he was in San Diego when they did theirs last month. And he did. He's uh, another guy who has an amazing voice. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It is like total radio voice between the two of us. When we Absolutely. Record, uh, when he's a guest on the pod. And I noticed that uh, his was a bit low and outside. And yet the person operating the camera called a strike, which I can only mean think means that he must have lent his phone to Angel Hernandez that night. So, <laughs> I have no comment. But uh, yes, I, I think the robo uh, the robo umpire would not have called it a strike. Decidedly not. No. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's uh, in, in terms of what you said about how it's the Pride Knights are selling for both the Dodgers and Giants. What I think is coming through there is because you've taken the lead and are kind of actively displaying Pride colors on the field. This is indicating to both fan bases that this is not just a promotion. This is not just a giveaway to try to get more people in the stands on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Like this is us reaching out and saying you are a part of this organization. You are a valued member of this fan base. And I think when out fans see that, they understand and and want to kind of show that we're getting the message and we're excited about it. And I think that that's how ultimately you're going to make Pride Nights not just a promotion throughout baseball, but into an event like they've become at Dodger Stadium in markets like, you know, certainly Chicago here, for instance, uh, without at Wrigley, but also hopefully in markets like Cincinnati or Cleveland or St. Louis. I, I completely agree with that. And I think the sentiment um, is shared by a number of teams. I, I've been asked to, to talk to a lot of different organizations uh, across baseball, but across other leagues also, whether it's the NHL or the NFL, who have reached out to me and said, talk to us about what the secret sauce is. How do the Dodgers make their pride night so successful? What is that secret ingredient that you use? And and I, I have the same answer for everyone, which is, it is not, there is no secret ingredient. There is no secret sauce in this. It's about being authentic 
being real and being um, a supporter of the community around uh, year round. And it's about uh, it's about showing that and, and putting your money where your mouth is. So in, in our case, we sponsor several gay sporting leagues throughout Southern California. We give tickets for raffle items uh, throughout the year. Um, one, one big difference, uh, that we're going to, uh, uh, implement in 2022 is part of a 50, 50, we do a 50, 50 raffle as most teams do at the stadium. Uh, the 50% of the foundation, uh, profits this year will be donated to the LGBT center of Los Angeles. Um, and, and that could be upwards of $75,000, um, and the LGBT Center does some amazing work for uh, for youths and 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 for elders in the community who are looking for help and are in need. Um, and that's that is how it works. And by the way, take it outside of sports. I've had a number of people call me who are in business who say we want to we want to empower our ERGs or in some cases they call them BRGs um, our pride BRG and our ERG how can how can we do that and i tell them it's by it's by action you know it's one thing to say the it's to, to say the words that we are about inclusion and we're about diversity and you you know you can tick a box by by doing a pride night and you can say, we did a pride night. We're, we're one of the teams. Yes. Put us in there. We're one of the 29 teams in baseball. That's done a pride night. But if you want to sell tickets and if you want to have a fan base that comes to your stadium year round, um, I think it's important that you have that relationship and that it be real. Yeah. And I would add too that in addition to authenticity and in addition to reaching out like that, uh, another quality that's needed to hold a successful uh, pride event is bravery, because you know as well as I do that when the Dodgers released photos of the pride caps, one of the first reactions was look people going on Twitter and just noticing comment after comment after comment from the worst people in the world who all hang out there, and I think part of putting on a successful uh, event like that is knowing that yes, there are going to be people who are, are automatically going to have a Neanderthal reaction. But understanding that we're going forward with this, we're going to be doing the right thing, we're going to fully commit to it, and it's going to be a great night regardless of that. Yeah, Ken, I I tell my team internally, and I share openly that uh, if you read the comments um, of of, of anything that you do, really, that is um, outside of the just traditional uh, uh, baseball game. But when you, when you try to do things to, or when you do things, not just try to make a difference. Um, I, I tell people, if you've watched the movie 42, or if you know anything about the Jackie Robinson story, if you think it was an easy road for him, think again, do a little reading, watch the movie. You'll see that there are, um, equally as many haters as there are supporters, if not more. It's it's important to turn the noise and, and to ignore the distraction. Be aware of it. Be mindful that there are people out there who have some negative and, and nasty things to say, um, but it doesn't in any way get in our way or change the way we feel about what we're doing. Uh, we believe very strongly in in progress and in what we're in what we're doing, and we're not going to let people with their hateful platforms or with their rhetoric, uh, change our direction. Yeah. And that's, that's good to hear. And it's again, from an organization like the Dodgers. Yeah. Totally understand historically where that comes from. 
And it's good that obviously everyone in the organization understands the importance of that history too. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and and the nice thing to see, and, and you know, you've seen it on social media and you've seen it when newspaper articles get written about uh, this stuff is oftentimes it is not our job in, at the Dodgers or for the Giants or anyone else to actually have to say anything publicly about it because you know who ends up addressing the, the fans who say the nastiest things? Other fans. Okay. There are other fans that come to the defense of the organization, and it's pretty powerful and it's pretty um, uh, emotional, actually, and impactful to see just how many people uh, put people in their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And over the past two minutes of this very important discussion we've been having on a pretty serious topic, this is for obviously directed at anybody who's listening, but especially might be going to Texas Rangers. Excuse me. Ah, Texas Rangers. Ah, pardon. Ah, sorry. Had something. My home state also. So, hmm. you know, I, I, I come from a state where uh, a lot of people say, uh, let's, you know, let's not upset anything. Let's just let things be. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I, I, maybe I've been in Los Angeles too long. If you're going to make you know, progress, you have to, be, you know, the courage is contagious. Yes, and I absolutely. think you, you, you really do need somebody to step up and I'm, I'm proud to be a person at the Dodgers and to see that there are others at other organizations. And I'm happy to do whatever I can to empower anyone at any team, um, in any sport to help them, um, uh, make progress where they are. Yeah. And I do want to mention that even though the Rangers organization is still sticks in the mud about Pride Nights, uh, our friend of the pod and uh, out sports writer, Alex Plink, who writes for Dallas Sports Fanatic, um, is every year writing articles and going to players and talking to players about Pride Nights and publishing their comments in support of the community. So, yeah, Alex has been fantastic. He actually came to the Dodger Pride Night last year and and was able to experience and witness it. And I I, I think that it's people like Alex and others who will get, you know, who will be um, the the people to make change in their markets. And uh, so last question then, and I want to just discuss kind of a little bit of your personal history. In your time with the Dodgers, um, you've seen the growth of what Pride Night started at to what it's become. And I wanted to ask just, was there one moment in particular where you walked out on a Pride Night promotion, looked around and thought, this is exactly what it should look like? Yeah, I think it's grown every year. And to be honest, last year, I think when we flew the um, all-inclusive pride flags at the top of the park, um, we had, you know, the, the, the pride uh, colors painted on the mound. Um, we had uh, a couple of players actually even wore wristbands, um, you know, their, their own um, uh, self-made wristbands that had pra- ra- uh, rainbow colors in them uh, to see the, the thousands of fans in attendance. And I think, you know, the Dodgers uh, have a little advantage in that we have a, a large stadium and, and a huge fan base. Um, and we've been able to sell just thousands of tickets that we, we have kickball on the field. Uh, uh, Varsity Gay League plays kickball on the field prior to the game. And then there's, we have these new uh, plazas at Dodger stadium where fans can gather and, and pregame party and it, 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 when I walked around the stadium and was able to witness um, the entire stadium and then kiss cam, we, we had same sex couples. We had uh, uh, married straight couples. Um, it was a mix of the two. And to hear the fan reaction in the stadium, 
just overwhelmingly just supportive of all it it felt like for the first time in 10 years um we were getting closer to that point of it just being normal it it's taken 10 years but it just felt like a normal game and i think this year we have a few surprises up our sleeve this year uh that are even going to make it more um um uh inclusive and 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 we're going a little bit more uh, out more and i think the the story and the narrative afterwards will be um uh pretty incredible that's my that's my expectation i'm really excited to see what you got cooked up then that's that's going to be really a, a cool story for that entire week i think absolutely uh, and it's understandable why dodgers pride is is a success at this point eric because you've been doing us proud for quite a long time there really appreciate you coming on sir i appreciate it ken thank you very much